we'll just look and see. You know, the Lord has a sense of humor. Maybe you can appreciate this. Um, we had a major uh, catastrophe at the sheriff's office this week. You may or may not have heard about it. But the coffee pot went down. Well, it was on its last leg, I'm convinced. And uh, so Josh, me and Josh were standing there and looking at it. And he says, I think it's time to call Brother Otis. I said, call Brother Otis, Josh. He calls him right there. Josh, whatever Josh does, he does it right there and he does it right then. So he called him in a, a day or so or three later. Otis shows up at 7 o'clock and that was a, that's kind of a funny story in itself. But... Uh, I was there. I was there early. Josh had, had to go to Calhoun that morning to uh, teach, or I believe. And, uh, so we were talking, and we talked, and we looked at it, and we worked, and we pulled, and we freed up a line, and all that to say this. But Otis said, you know, we'll leave this one here. And he said, uh, I'll go back to the house. He says, I'll get one ready just in case. So for Father's Day yesterday, we have Father's Day several months after the fact at my house. Nothing happens on time. Uh, don't come to live at my house. You won't come back. Um, we just do things as it works out because we have schedules that, that kind of dictate to us how we live. We have circumstances in our lives, like everybody has circumstances that... Um, Dictate what we do. We celebrated Father's Day yesterday, my birthday, and I uh, went to the Braves game. And my wife had all this plan, and so she done all the reserving, and uh, I, you know I usually do all of that. And we got there, and we were sitting above the bullpen. So you know God was trying to tell me. Have one ready just in case you're sitting above the bullpen. You might get the call. And uh, here we are this morning to preach. So, But we're ready. There are several things that I could share with you this morning. There's some other things that's happened that's funny that I could tell you. Last night I was thinking about a river. And I don't know about you, but when I go to Gatlinburg, and we never get to go a lot, but, you know, it's only two and a half hours up the road if you drive it right. And uh, it's a shame that we don't get up there more often than we do, and I tell my family that all the time. I like going in through Townsend. Anybody go through Townsend? Go the back, I call it the back way. Best way to go, ain't it, Remy? And, and you go in, if you get to Townsend, and sometimes we'll stay in Townsend, but if you go up there and, and make that left, I believe, and, and go on into the park, you know, the, what I call the back way, which is probably the front way. You know, anybody that goes through the Pigeon Forge, that's considered the front way. My wife would call that concrete way, but that's a story in itself. But you make that long drive, and if you'll start looking down to your left, you'll, you'll, you'll see that river. You know, I call it a river. They probably call it a stream up there. But I was thinking about that, and I started Googling. I said, I need to find a place like that around here. You know, that uh, it's not so far away, and there are some, and I was looking at it, but I woke up this morning, and Brother Andy called me, and uh, as I started looking at some scripture, uh, I come across a thought 
that the Lord gave me some scripture on that talks about a river that the people of the children of God will find one day. So God's speaking to us, Brother Brett Cooper said a long time ago, the, the situation and the circumstance that we find ourselves in is are we listening? Are we listening? He went on to say behind this pulpit, actually, not this particular structure of wood, but the other pulpit, but right where I stand, he went on to say you can't hear the voice of God unless you have the receiver. And the receiver is only obtained through Jesus Christ through salvation and given to us by the Holy Spirit. So a bullpen seat, a phrase by Brother Otis, and a thought about a river is pulling all this together this morning. So let's look at Psalm 139. Let's just go through it because this is where I feel like the Lord led me this morning. I'll make a few comments and hopefully not be too long. Psalm 139, verse 1 says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Six things we're going to look at this morning in this book that we're going to overview for just a few minutes about God's relationship with us and about our relationship with God and things that are important that we all need to be reminded of and we all need to pay attention to. First thing I want us to realize this morning, listening to these first four verses, is God knows us. If you're sitting here this morning, if you're breathing air on the face of this earth, God knows you. God made each and every one of us. He made each and every one of us exactly the way that He designed for us to be made. We're going to look down and down in this chapter here in just a minute, and we're going to find a place where David recites to God his imperfection. But God made you, and He made you, listen, in imperfection. He knows what those are. He's aware of them. But the thing about we want to get to this morning, these first four verses, is God knows you. He knows everything about you. There's not a thing about you that God don't know, listen, that He is not aware of. Listen to what it says in verse 1 again. O Lord, Thou hast searched me, listen, and You have known me. You have known me. There are times in our life when there is no one else that we can explain to them. We do not have the words to convey to them things that we are thinking or things that maybe the Lord is dealing with us about or things that we are dealing with on a, on a secular level. There's not words enough to describe exactly what it is that we feel or exactly what it is we're dealing with. But God says... He has searched us. Listen, He is constantly searching you and I. He is constantly searching our thoughts. He is constantly searching our heart and the intents and the ways. And He says not only is He searching us, but listen, He knows us. God knows me. Sister Amber, is she here this morning? There she is. She's going to be really surprised what I'm fixing to say. Back when she was about 15... She was sitting in my Sunday school class. 
We won't say how many years ago that was because I don't know how old she is now. I know how old I am. And she said, you know, I read a psalm, I believe it was. She says, and it told me in that psalm, that verse, that the Lord knew my name. She says, and that touched me. She says, that helped me. She says, the Lord knows my name. That's what she said. I remember it. I didn't remember it for just now, but I remember it because that's what the Lord gave me to tell you. But I remember, I remember it. I mean, I, can, I was sitting there, I know where she was sitting, probably about the second chair. But she says, the Lord knows my name. Listen, the Lord knows your name this morning. You know, and, and if you're living a life that's not pleasing unto the Lord or, or, or you're not saved or you don't have, listen, a relationship with God, we can, we can throw all kind of preaching cliches out. You're not living right. You're doing wrong. You're off. You know, all that, basically it boils down to do you have a relationship with God? Do you know Him? He knows you. He knows all about you. He knows exactly what I'm doing. He knows exactly what you're doing. He knows what we're, he knows what we're thinking. But listen, in order for us to enter into that city whose builder maker is God, we must know him. But more importantly, he must know me. There's times that I get to in prayer. And, and here recently, the last few months, that I, I get down in prayer and I and I'll ask the Lord, whether, it, whether it's beside my bed or wherever I'm at, a particular city I ever happened to be in or going down the road and I say Lord search me Lord you see you see the situation Lord search me and know me God if there's anything that I'm not thinking or that I'm missing on this will you show it to me will you help me to get it will you help me to learn the lesson it says that he knows us and that he searches us listen to what he says in verse 2 he knows our down sitting and our uprising listen one of the greatest phrases of scripture I believe that's ever blessed my heart in years past he says, you understand my thought afar off. Not only does he understand what my thoughts are and how our thoughts can, can just go on and on and on, but listen, it's the, the proper definition of this verse and the understanding of this verse is that he knows our thoughts from afar off. Now his throne, we know, is way up there in the heavens. We understand that. But we have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. We have that communication with God the Father through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. He understands exactly what we're thinking. He understands what it is that concerns us. He says, you can pass my path, my line down. You're acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word in my tongue. Listen, I'd all not add to it, but I'd also, in a paraphrase, maybe say, there's not a thought in my mind that, oh, Lord, you don't know it all together. There's not a word in your mouth. Listen, there's not something that you're thinking, something that troubles you, something that concerns you that God does not already know about. Listen, and God's already got the answer. He already knows the situation. I'm taking some algebra for those of you who didn't know that. I don't like to make a whole lot of personal stuff. I'm just kind of a private person. I mean, it's not nothing against y'all. It's just who I am. But when you preach, I guess you just tell off on yourself. You know, and there's these long equations you've got to figure out, you know, and, and you're just constantly trying to figure out the equation. Listen, God's already got it figured out. He's already got the answer. He already knows. He already knows how it's going to work out. But see, we can't get past ourselves. We can't see the forest for the trees because we're too close to the circumstance. But see, God, it says, He understands our thoughts from afar off. 
So he's looking down way up in the heavens, and he's looking down at our situation, and not only is he looking at us, but he's also looking a little bit into the future, and he's saying how all this is weaving together, he's saying how all this is weaving together and winding its way to where it's ultimately going to work out. We see through a glass darkly, Paul said, but one day we will see him face to face. The second thing we got to understand is God's ways. Verse 5, Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Listen to what Psalmist David says in verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. Listen to the amplification. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. God doesn't only know you, but listen, he has encircled you. There is a prayer and I'm fixing to surprise Sister Kim. That Sister Kim gave to my wife years ago. It's the prayer of St. Patrick. You're thinking, uh-oh, Kevin's getting Catholic on us. Well, this prayer is pretty right. Prayer is pretty right. He says, God before me, God behind me. God above me, God beneath me. God to the left of me, God to the right of me. God in the eye of every man who sees me and God in, every, in the ear of every man who, who hears me. And at the bottom of the prayer it says, confidence in Christ. And I said God and it's actually Christ. Christ before me, Christ beneath me, Christ to the left, to the right. Christ in every eye, Christ in every ear. And at the end of it, confidence in Christ. Christ has encircled us. He has made his camp and he has made his pleasure and his choice and our privilege for him to circle us. But David says this, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. The amplification says, the extraordinary knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Do you ever feel when you look at God's standard and you look at God's word and you know how powerful and how holy this Bible is, do you ever feel like you're reaching for something you can't obtain? I do. We're constantly striving, constantly struggling, constantly reaching for what this word says. But listen, where we fall short in that is we don't understand what the call to worship says. It says that the gift of God, that salvation is a gift. It's not something, yes, we're, we're striving to we're striving for perfection, so to speak. Paul says, I've not attained. He says, I'm still pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But listen, Jesus has given us, God has given us the gift. He's given it to us. It's not something that we have to do a whole lot of work to reach out and grab and hang on to. It is something that we have to make an effort, listen, to put our faith in God, put our faith in Christ in order to obtain the prize, obtain salvation that, that is what it is. But listen, it, it's going to take faith to keep it. It's going to take who you put your confidence in to keep what you got. Can you lose your salvation? Sure you can. Can you walk away from it? Sure you can. Can you backslide? Sure you can. But listen, that's the choice you make. That's not the choice that God makes for you. He says, I'm not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. It's too high for us. Sure it is. Will we ever understand it all? Not until we get to the other side. But listen, if you will 
put forth the effort to have that relationship with the Lord and put your trust in him. He will show you things and you will come to understand things that look, this life ain't about us. It's not about you. It's not about what I want to do. It's not what about I want to, to obtain. It's not about where I want to go in life. It's not about the things, the statuses that I want to reach. And I have none. I have no amb ambitions for status. I have no am ambitions to be popular with the world. I have no ambitions to have a lot of money, to have a lot of things. I told my wife last night that I want to, just in basic words, I want to live a simple life. Just let me have what I, what I need. Let me have what God is and wants me to have. But listen, I want to have what that river we're going to talk about here in just a minute will give us. We're going to get there in just a second. Verse 7, God's presence all-encompassing. Whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, if what I think and my flawed thinking says, surely the darkness shall cover me. Surely there's going to come a time in my life when the darkness, darkness is going to swallow me up, where I'm not going to be able to handle it like, handle it like I preached a, a few months ago or, or a month or two ago, whenever it was. And surely that cross that I have to bear is going to be my end. That's what the psalmist said. But he says, even in those times... The night shall be light about me. Listen to what he says about the Lord's perspective on the darkness. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. Listen to what it says. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. So you see, when we're going through it or we're dealing with it or we think we're dealing with it, okay, there's some people dealing with it this morning. We're going to pray for those people in a little bit. Some good friends of ours. You know, we might think we're dealing with it. There's some people that's always got it worse than what we have. What is it, Brother Kevin's philosophy on life is to help somebody else. That's what I think we're here for. What can we do to help somebody else? Well, what we can do and what we will do is the church will pray. And God will move and that's going to help people. But when God looks down at our situation, however bleak or however dark we may think it is, God does not see the darkness. All he sees is us. He, see, he sees the circumstances. Don't get me wrong. He understands. He, 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 he's been tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. God tempts no man. What you and I deal with on this part, on this side of the Jordan, is life. We deal with circumstances. We deal with sin. We deal with the curse of sin. We deal with what got us in the situation we're in anyway and what those situations and circumstances point out to us each and every day, if not each and every minute of every day, is that we need a Savior. We need Jesus. Look, now some, in, in some of your lives right now, things may be just going fine. Things may be honky-dories. I've always heard Brother Andy and my mama say, and where they found that phrase probably back in the 50s or 60s from their mom and dad. But whatever it is, you know, it may be going well with you right now. But it's not always going to be that way. And what do you do? What do people do? If they don't have the Lord, who do they turn to? God says, he let David know, the darkness and the light are both alike to him. Listen, 
The darkness does not, not move God. The circumstances, listen, don't affect God. They affect us. Okay? And if we're not careful, we'll get our focus off the wrong way. God showed me three things about three or four years ago. It's actually a, a series of messages, but I've got it pinned to my computer monitor at work. Focus on Christ. Love people. Share the gospel. Focus on Christ. Love people. Share the gospel. Focus on Christ is not third. It's first. You must keep your focus on Christ. If we don't keep our focus on Christ, we'll be tossed about to and fro with every wind of doctrine, the scripture says. But if we focus on Christ, and regardless of what this world throws at us, we will come through victorious. The second we love people, love God, love people. Easy to do sometimes, hard to do in other times. Sharing the gospel goes without saying. The fourth thing, our imperfection, but God's strength. For thou hast possessed my reins, in verse 13, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb, the, the amplification. For it was you who created my inward parts, O God. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul, soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes, listen, did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. That's a lot of old English that we can't understand, okay? But I like the way it sounds, but let's read something where we can understand it. Verse 16. For your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. He says, I looked down, you looked at me, I saw myself, I saw my imperfection. But then it says, even in my imperfection, Lord, you saw my days. They were written, they were planned out before the first day began. So on this roller coaster of life that you and I find ourselves on, on the, the boat of life, and how sometimes those ways, my mom and dad went on a cruise, they went on a few over the years, and the last one she went on, she said, that's it. Now, they're in Florida right now, but they ain't on no boat. She said, that's it. I won't ever go on another one. So I said, well, show me, you know, what happened. She said, well, just let me let you watch the video. And it showed out the window those waves. They was in a storm and those waves. And, you know, and when you look in a cell phone video, it looks like, what, two or three foot? No, it's like 15 foot waves, you know, when they were in and that boat's just doing this. She said, that's it. That done it for me. And that's kind of how life is lived sometimes. Sometimes it's peaceful and sometimes it's not so peaceful. The Lord knew each and every day. They were written down. So if it is that God's will for us that we should be saved, and if we've got to get point A to point B, and he, always, he already knows how it's all going to work out, what are we worried about? What are we dealing with this morning that we can't bring to God and say, God, you see all this. There's no darkness to you. You see the darkness that I perceive that I feel like I'm dealing with. And you see the circumstances that I feel like I'm dealing with. But, Lord, you knew this was going to happen. Nothing takes God's by surprise. And that gives me great comfort. Whatever a day brings, God, you knew it was going to happen. And maybe that's where Brother Andy can go to in his mind. Because, you know, sometimes you just got to go places in your mind to get that peace that you need, to find God where he is. Listen, he's there. 
But, but in all the turmoil and all the thinking, we've got to find where he's at. The, the title of this message is Somebody Point Me to the River. We're going to get there in just a minute. I ain't going to be a whole lot longer. Somebody point me to the river. We're all going to tie that in here in just a minute. But somewhere there is a river that God has for us. Sometimes it's hard to find. Just like I was searching on Google last night. Where's the rivers? Okay, there's one I'd like to look at. How do I get there? And there's some turns and some hills and some obstacles and there's some road construction going on to try to get there. But listen, it's there. We just got to get to it. What's going to get us to that river? Faith in Christ. God's promise, the fifth thing before the sixth thing. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Listen, the thoughts, God's thoughts towards us are good thoughts. He, does, he never has a negative thought towards us. Now we're fixing to look and see how God feels about those that he hates. But listen, you're not on that list this morning. Okay? You are living in what we refer to in Christian theology as the dispensation of grace. That means whosoever will can come to the Father this morning. Whosoever will can come call upon the, He says, whosoever will shall call upon my name shall be saved. You know, I, I have, we, we deal with things at work, and this is, this is real sensitive, but it comes to mind. But I've got this plan in my mind. I've employed that plan once that I can remember in the last 25 years that I've been in law enforcement, 26 years. Because you think about scenarios, you think about what ifs, and you're trained to think about that. You're trained to how to deal with this situation if this comes up. Well, if this situation, how to, you know, we sit around and have round top table discussions with, with agency heads about if this happens in our county or if this happens in the region of our state, what are we going to do? But there's one that I think about myself that I had never really shared, any, shared with, with anybody. I'll share it with you this morning. What will I do if I come across somebody who is about to take their last breath? And that happens a lot. Sometimes you know it. Sometimes you don't know it. There's been times when I've been in the room with people where I don't know where they were in eternity. They didn't appear to be with us. And so I just felt a, I just went ahead and done what I felt like I needed to do and say what I needed to say and pray what I needed to pray. There was one time in particular I remember very well. What will I say to somebody who I know is on their way out? Call upon Jesus. If you can hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, call upon Jesus. Because I am convinced, I take the scripture for what it says. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, listen, shall be saved. If I can get to that guy that's been in that wreck or whoever, whatever the situation is, if it's a heart attack and if they're doing CPR, and I've been there, I've been in the, the room when they've been pumping the chest and doing the air, just, just call on Jesus. Even if they can't breathe the words out of their mouth, if in the cognizance of their mind, if they will just say the name of Jesus, listen, I am convinced that the Lord will save them. What did he do for that thief on the cross? He said, Lord, he didn't say, Lord, I done A, B, C, I robbed a bank, I shot somebody, I stoned somebody, I killed somebody, I stole from these people, I done this and done this. He didn't say all that. He says, Lord, would you remember me? We'll drive it home a little bit this morning. We'll just throw Brother Richie in there. Lord, remember me. That's what he said. 
on that prayer, what did he do two, three, four, five, seven days later? Woke up. Hadn't there been the same since? Lord, would you remember me? Lord, would you save me? How many times do you think old brother Kevin's prayed, Lord, would you save me since I've been saved? Since I've been truly saved, how many times do you think I've prayed that very prayer? I pray it almost every day. Lord, would you save me? Lord, would you help me? Lord, would you grant me grace? God, would you help me to understand? Lord, would you give me as much wisdom as you can give me? I pray it just about every day. Would you give me as much as you can give me? God, I need it. Lord, just lay it on me. God, grant me grace. God, whatever it is I need. God, give me strength. Lord, give me faith. Save me. And sometimes, folks, you just need saving from yourself. Lord says, my ways are not your ways. They're a whole lot higher. We can't attain to them outside of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He said the thoughts, they're more than the number of the sand. Let me get on down to the end of this thing. Sixth thing, our prayer and God's intent. I done read it in the text. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. He tells us in verse 1, Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. And then David prays, Lord, please search me. Please know me. Please know. See, you can almost look at this from the perspective of the unsaved in verse 1 to the transition to the saved in verse 23. Lord, you've searched me. He's going to know us anyway. Listen, he's going to search us anyway. But then David finds himself praying a prayer. Lord, will you please search me? Will you know my heart? Lord, will you even try me? Well, that's, a, that's a dangerous prayer to pray, ain't it? Lord, will you even try me and know my thoughts? How many of us are willing to pray that this morning? You know something I've been praying here lately? Prayed a lot on vacation. I enjoyed our time of vacation, me and my wonderful wife. The better part of me. God knows what he's doing, and he knows who to put you with. And she has been my rock in our marriage. I started just to tell her that when I was going to announce the preacher, I was just going to call her up here. I, she could get it done. There ain't no doubt about that. She could get it done probably better than I could. But I prayed this prayer. I was able to get up every morning and have a, a personal time of prayer, a personal time of scripture reading, a personal time of meditation, and then she and I shared in a time of prayer in a time of devotion uh, before the Lord, time of conversation. And basically what we tried to do in seven days is we tried to plan the next 25 years of our marriage. How many of you done that? 25th wedding anniversary, let's tell you what we're going to do. We're going to plan the next 25 years, see how that shakes out. I don't know that we planned the first 25. I think we just went by the seat of our pants, and whatever came went. Well, Brother Jeff said, whatever moves, shoot. We're going to shoot whatever moves. We're going to try to have a little bit more organization about the next 25 years. But I prayed this prayer, and I've been praying it for a while now. Lord, I open my life up to you. If you could just... Say, Lord, 
Touch each and every area of my life. Be Lord in each and every area of my life. Each and every, I'm, I ain't leaving nothing. I'm talking about everything from the peanut butter jar at home to the decisions I make on Friday at 4 o'clock when everything hits the fan. Lord, I'm laying it out there. Will you take it and will you be my Lord? See if there be any wicked thing in me and lead me. Listen, God's, our prayer, God's intent. Lead me in the way everlasting. God's intent is to get us to the house, as Brother Gene Smith said. Brother Gene's done made it. Passed away here a year or so ago, a couple years ago. He said, this right here will get us to the house. Well, he's made it. One more scripture. Title of this message through the midpoint is, Will someone please point me to the river? Psalm 46. Been listening to old guy. Boy, Tanya's going to hate to hear this. You know, and, and if you're not a musician, I guess you just don't understand it. But I come across this video of this guy. He's a dear brother, an African-American gentleman. He is a doctor in music, I'm sure, why they refer to him as doctor. He could be a doctor in theology, I don't know. He could be a preacher. Sounds like a preacher when he talks. But his ministry is playing an organ. Now, some people preach, okay, and some people teach Sunday school, and some people pray, and some people help others, and that's the way they minister. But this guy, he plays organ. And there's this one song that he does that I really like, that I listen to it over and over and over again. And he takes the time to sing one phrase. And he predecesses the song... He talks about there's a song that I play. And he says it simply goes that one of these days I'm going to find rest beyond the river. Jesus, keep me near the cross. He says, does anybody want to stay near the cross? He says, Jesus, keep me near the cross. In Psalms 46, it says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear. We will not fear is what it means. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah, listen. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. We look on down to verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is a refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth a chariot in the fire. God's in control of everything. That's the thing about it. That's the thing that people that don't believe in Jesus have not come yet to understand. This whole international struggle, this whole struggle for power, struggle for money, struggle for prestige, whatever it is, and even in the local realm, all this stuff, God sets those things up. He sets those people up. He brings those people down. And we worry about how it's all going to turn out. We worry about Russia. We worry about uh, North Korea and all this stuff. 
God's got all that. And most of all, most importantly, listen, He's got us. So what does He tell us in this same chapter? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Hebrews 4 and 9. There remaineth therefore rest for the people of God. Seek, listen, that you enter into that rest. What does the amplification say in that scripture? Be sure that you make it in. These people sitting on the sound of my voice, you don't know if you're going to make it in or not. Because you have failed to surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Well, you know, I come to church and I sing and I clap my hands a little bit. What you doing on Tuesday night? What you doing on Thursday morning? Who's Lordshipping on Saturday? Are we willing to let the Lord have it? Listen, in order to be saved, you've got to find your place at a moment, listen, at a disposition to where you can't do anything about your condition. You've got to realize, listen, if you don't meet the Lord Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Him, that you are lost and that you will find yourself one day if you don't repent in a devil's hell that was never intended for you. But if you will come to the understanding by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that you need a Savior. And when you find out you need saving, I about drowned one time. There was nothing I could do. I was at a hotel in Atlanta. I jumped in the deep part of the pool. I was about six years old. My brother was about eight. And he was the last hope I had. And as I was going down, I reached my hand out of the water. And Todd reached down. And he pulled me out. There was nothing else I could do. You're in that boat this morning. You're in the same situation. You've done it all. There's nothing else. Somebody point me to the river. Where the streams thereof shall make glad the city of God. Point me to the river where your joy and your presence and your peace is. Would you stand this morning? Would you bow your heads?